when people are so focused on what they have to do, they're focusing so much on a business process. And that's why you hear a lot about business process optimization or you know uh, automation. But you don't hear a lot about business model optimization. And that's where the big boys really live. That's what you look at the you know fortune companies. That's where they live. You've got to understand that there's a, another layer that most companies, or should I say, uh, uh, yeah, well, most companies don't really know about. And that is your business model. You've got to understand your business model first. Welcome to the Beyond Success Podcast, a collection of conversations with the best business minds, captains of industry, and entrepreneurs in the world. Learn what their journey has taught them, how they applied the lessons they learned, and ultimately created six, seven, and even eight-figure businesses. We can't create successful businesses by ourselves, so sit back and let the Beyond Success Podcast be your mentor. Now, here's your host, author, entrepreneur, public speaker, and master money manifester, Daniel Mangana. Hello, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, obviously, because it's my show. Um, looking forward to this conversation. Shabelle and I connected. When did we first talk? Was it about two months ago? Yeah, I think about two months about ago, two Lance months got ago. us together, yeah. really good, yeah. Yeah, good old Lance Growlish, big guy, Lance. And um, yeah, I was just like, this guy's just got to come on the podcast, we just got to talk a bit. And so looking forward to introducing him to you. Um, great acumen, great pedigree as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, uh, great pedigree as an entrepreneur for some qualities, which might make him in high demand, which we'll talk about today. A um, little bit jealous of me because I'm going to his home turf of Lebanon for my birthday this year. Uh, but I'm not going to hold that against him. Why don't you let the people know who you are and what it is you do, my bro? Awesome. I'm Charbel Ebenator. Um, You know, I'm a husband of an incredible wife. That's a personality that keeps me going. Um, a father of three amazing daughters, which means when you add it all together, I'm never right in my own house because I don't think <laughs> and always outnumbered. Uh, yeah. You know, I've I've learned how to dream big when I was very young. I started, uh, you know, I've always wanted to do something big in life, and I started very young when I was detailing cars. and And the clientele that I've worked with all, you know, as a teenager, a boy, you're you know working with Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Porsches, all that. You got the chance to really drive them, and so dreaming was a huge, huge thing. And I got the chance to do it firsthand, which is awesome. Um, started my entrepreneur journey really when I started my magazine. And don't ask me why. I don't even like to read at the time, but yeah, I started a magazine. It was a Las Vegas magazine, uh, a locals magazine. And within one year, I ended up in the newsstands competing with the big boys, mm. uh, which right away I should have known better because I was so out of my league. It wasn't even funny. Uh, what's what's great about that lesson that I've learned, it cost me dearly because, you know, you out of desperation, when you don't have the resources, you don't have the mentorship, you don't know what you're doing, you're doing everything you can based on pure energy and what you have as a young individual, uh, you, we, do, we don't have the tools we do today. You know, back then, we, you just have to do whatever you need to do. But, you know, if you had that, uh, if you had an entrepreneur with you that, that's been there, done that, or maybe you're learning from other entrepreneurs that have done what they've done, then you're able to, I guess, learn from their mistakes instead of just your own. So that's where really the big cost came to me is that I did things out of desperation. It was very trusting and I took on the wrong people and ended up losing a lot by the time I was 27, which is kind of crazy. But you know, you you learn, you grow, and you just move on to the next step. So, mm -hmm. you know, then I just started in the copier industry, and that's when copiers were just starting to get digital. 
but right away I started realizing that, that being digital, it's got to go to a digital age. So I started really getting to know the forerunners in the industry and realizing how digital transformation, although it's a whole different meaning today, uh, was on the run. And that was like in the late 90s. And that's when things started really kicking in. And that's where I started pushing. I wanted to be more in solutions. So I started in 2005 after leaving uh, the copier uh, industry, started my own company, uh, had my own copier uh, dealership, but also started software. And I focused specifically on solutions because I understood that there's got to be an outcome uh, instead of just selling a pro- uh, you know, product or a service and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really where I started. And uh, now, uh, as we speak right now, we're trans- transitioning, especially after COVID, transitioning into a whole different process, which we're, you know, we're starting Align Business Strategies, which is completely um, consulting for small to mid-sized companies. Because during my career in the uh, transformation uh, world, I connected with incredible people who've worked with Fortune 10 and 100 companies and helped them uh, you know, put systems and, and uh, processes in place, which of course cost a ton of money, but saved them millions and millions of dollars. So, and that individual helped me a lot with a few accounts that I worked with here on a bigger level. But and when COVID hit, I started thinking all these small mid-sized companies are getting hit so hard um, I think we need to do something about it. So we connected and then we wrote a, a guide that we were putting together. We may be publishing here soon. It's called the Insider's Guide to Growth and Scalability. The, you know, the secret formulas of those big fortune companies are utilizing to dominate and how you can have them because there's so many tools available to you right now. So it's really all about processes and things. So we're, we learned how to scale all those down so small to mid-sized companies could take advantage of it and really dominate if they choose to. But it will take uh, it will take them having a growth mindset to wanting to grow and have systems in place to have you know their team being part of it, not just them. I want to I want to talk about that a little bit because I think that's something that many business owners coming up early on run away from having a team. Point one, and then that we find business owners that have a team don't necessarily understand the power of, and that is feeding your team so that they can feed your business like really pouring into your team whether it's pouring into them uh, in terms of giving them resources to win um, empowering them with training empowering them with responsibility what are your thoughts on that and and how do you see that happening uh, with the people that you get to work with and your own experience as a business owner you know, it, it's a great question because I get that a lot from companies right now. Uh, if you look at if you really look at the trends on the companies that are thriving and really growing, whether it's a small or a big company, and you see them grow, the biggest thing that they're working on is a culture. Um, the challenge with culture when you're dealing with big companies, a lot of times they're dealing with, of course, the leadership based on that area, and sometimes you know from it, it comes culture comes from head down. Period. So the leadership, it really is based on the, the main person in that corporation, whether it might be the president, CEO, or the owner. So really, it has to go based on your core values. you got to look at who you are first, what you're looking to accomplish first. When, when all we've ever done in life is grow through school and learn how to get a job and go out and get a, you know a, start our own business when we're confident enough, we do what we know based on what we do and how we do it. The challenge with that is that once you want to get into the culture, you got to start learning. And, and you've, you've heard Simon Sinek talk a lot about that when he talks about the why. Well, first of all, the why starts with you, not just the why, what you do. You got to start with why in you. 
Um, so why you do what you're doing? If you're if creating something that's going to bring value to someone, it has to be the why in why you're doing it. And of course, it has to do a lot with, of course, uh, your personal life and your business life. And, you know, you want to grow and you want to feel like you've accomplished something as well. But when it comes to bringing on your your team, it is so crucial for that for you to have certain core values in place. And if you don't yet, then you need to start somehow tweaking around in your in your uh, in your culture so you can start bringing that value because now you got to be careful. But once you have the certain core values in place, you start hiring people based on those core values. Your job really is to start training these people to become leaders in your organization and not just someone to to do the job. It is so crucial to focus on building your people. And I've had people say, what if I train them and they leave? Well, the question I come back with, what if you don't and they stay? Mm-hmm. You know, and then, then <laughs> what are you going to do with that? So if I tell one. people, yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard that before and I've used it every single time. So it, I look at it and I tell my, my employees when I've, when I, I had employees, now I'm restructuring back a, diff, a whole different concept so I can uh, train other companies to do the same. But I've told every single one of my employees, my biggest goal is to, is to take you on a journey. I'm going to be part of your journey one way or another, and I'm hoping that it's going to be a good one. And if you stay here and you feel that this is a a place that you would like to grow, awesome. If it's not, then I was grateful to be part of that journey for a specific amount of time. And I hope I gave you enough foundation to take it to the next person. Because if we just pay it forward and do that, imagine if I hire somebody that someone else has done that for then I'm already gaining someone that's going to be a good person. And then again, they may transfer to somewhere else down the road as well. So it's our goal really is to build each other up. That's really what it is. I love it. I love it. And there's an abundance to that. And this is, again, just this this outlook, this perspective, this way of doing things really speaks to the abundance mindset that we, we love to promote here on the show and in the community. Because there's almost a pay it forward thing there too. Because... Yes, you're going to be training up this person and they may very well go somewhere else. But there's almost a karmic debt that you're prepaying there because then the quality of person that you're going to be getting in from somewhere else is going to be a higher quality too. Like it has to balance out at some point, no? Absolutely. Um, And if if you have the right people in your organization, Mm -hmm. um, I love what Darren Hardy says, if you don't have the right person in your organization, then it's time for you to release them so they can fly and be a value somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Because you really want to have people in your organization that you could come to. And this is one of the big, the biggest thing when we're doing transformation in a company or, or even in a culture, we really include everyone in that organization to be part of it. When you look at a thriving organization, usually they're very transparent. And that individual that's sitting at the front desk, that who's the face of the company or the voice of the company when you call, all the way to the CEO, have certain communication in there to allow them to understand where the company is at, the goals, and what, the, what they're looking to accomplish. Mm. And what's happening, what I'm seeing right now, there's the huge shift, especially even after covid where now you're seeing it more than ever. People don't want to go to work anymore. They want to work from home. They, they got a taste of that. So, and we were taught, it's funny because when COVID hit and it, literally in November prior, I was doing uh, seminars and webinars on Office of the Future. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about how it's going to be hybrid. It's, you know, your, your office is going to be more of a coffee uh, shop type of atmosphere instead of a cubicle because you want collaboration throughout. 
So now when, when people are so focused on what they have to do, they're focusing so much on a business process. And that's why you hear a lot about business process optimization or you know uh, automation. But you don't hear a lot about business model optimization. Mm-hmm. And that's where the big boys really live. That's what you look at the you know, fortune companies. That's where they live. You've got to understand that there's a, another layer that most companies, or should I say, uh, uh, yeah, well, most companies don't really know about. Mm-hmm. And that is your business model. You've got to understand your business model first. Mm-hmm. And then from that business model, you take it down one other layer. And that's where the processes and, and um, uh, you know, the tasks and activities, that's where they live. And that's what you automate. But you've got to have a bird's eye view of where how everything um, correlates and, and collaborates and how it's supposed to communicate and, and connect together the right way. Because, you know, you, you got sales and marketing. And that's the, one of the most important things when it comes to the company to bring in uh, to bring revenue. Well, how does that look like when you're looking at administration and all the way down to warehousing and the shipping and, and logistics? And how, do, how does that all work? Well, the challenge with that, you may have an incredible sales team and you're bringing all that money, but you're having major uh, issues with customer service. <laughs> and, and, and we're seeing it right now, too, because you have bottlenecks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because each department and I, again, I've been there and, and I'm guilty of that before as well. And I've I've seen in so many different incredible companies that I work with all the way to small companies where people just throw each other under the bus, whether it's an individual or a department head or whatever. Bottom line, wouldn't it be great if everybody was on the same page rowing in the same direction? And I, I've, I've read it. I can't remember who said it. I wasn't sure if Elon Musk said that or not. But if you just have a small group rowing in the same direction, they will dominate their market. And that's really what's happening. You've got to have an open communication throughout your organization, what your goals are. The other part is, you know, and in, in if you're worried about losing great talent, which is I've been doing some interviews with some CEOs throughout the country. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been so op- eye opening for me. Number one issues they're having right now is, of course, having good talent and how to keep good talent. Well, in order for you to have good talent, then you got to invest into your talent. You got to, first of all, get the right people with the right core values that you want to have in your organization. And then you train them completely to pretty much as if you're, they're going to take over your position. If you just do that and you make them feel that important, then they're going to be part of your model optimization process, if you will, because if you were to take, you know, what you do, first of all, first of all, why you doing what you're doing, if you're there to just to make money, it's a matter of time before your competition comes and thumbs over you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're there to bring value, you can't bring value without making money. I mean, mm-hmm. unless you're just giving it for free, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then you got to look at the other process of, well, okay, if that's the case, then, you know, first of all, who are you? What is your core value? What are you looking to accomplish? So what's your vision? And then why you do what you're doing? And then who is your audience? Most people think their audience is their clients. I think they're missing two major points. They're, they're, ma- they're missing major, major points right now. And the major points is, number one is their team. That is the number, number one. Um, number two is that, of course, you got to have your, you know, your vendors. you got to figure out what, who's your best vendors and what's the best way to work with them. So that's really what you got to look at. Your audience is your team. That's your number one. And their audience is your clients. And that's really how you got to look at it. So when I started learning all these concepts, I start focusing on my team as they are my clients. Mm. And I'm training that client to take care of their clients, mm. which their clients, they have to have ownership of that client. Mm-hmm. And the question then comes to me 
If that client has not to be taken care of, then am I having the my client is the right fit? Mm-hmm. And that's really what you got to look at. So optimize all you can, automate all you can, because that's really what you got to do. But unless you sit down with your team and say, okay, what is the best case scenario that we've ever done for a client? And if you haven't done that, then what would it be the best case scenario to go from A to Z for the client journey, all the way from marketing, sales to delivery and customer service and maintenance after that, what will it be the perfect ideal structure? Mm-hmm. There is no way in the world you as the owner or the main uh, you know, executive, you got to know every step. There's just no way. Mm. Um, so your team is going to have to put all this together. And as you put all that together, then that's how you create the how. Mm-hmm. And those are your processes. And you put key processes in place and you automate all of them as much as you can. And by the way, notice I didn't talk about technology yet mm-hmm. because that's the last 10% piece of the puzzle because technology is only there to follow through with what you want your business model to operate like so it comes in and does the all the integration and collaboration for you. So that's really what you do. Once you put all these in place, automation becomes easy. Mm-hmm. The biggest reasons why I moved away from just selling products and, and I've seen it before where you know they spend six figures in order for them to put a product in place, you're going out there, they have turnovers there. I mean, there's just so many things happening. And then all of a sudden within one year, they scrap it all up. And you're like, you just spent six figures on this mm-hmm. and you're not even giving it a chance. And I've seen this happen over and over. And the ones that don't, usually they don't, they don't use it to the fullest. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because you're hiring your vendors to come in. And it's not your vendor's fault because they're coming in to do what they know best. But if you don't know your business better, your business model better than your vendor, then something is wrong. And that's why you have all these applications not communicating together and you have a lot of bottlenecks. But once you establish that, you know what you want your business model to do, then you can go to your vendor and say, here's what I want. Will your, will your product be able to do that for me? And if the answer is no, great, then let's find somebody else. Because mm-hmm. now you have detailed structure of how you want their product to work. And in most of the times the vendor comes in and tells you how you need to work their product. And that's not going to help. That will not help. I've seen a lot of bottlenecks on that. And, and bottleneck, I mean, talking about this idea of scaling, because a lot of people jump into the scaling. I want a seven-figure business. I want an eight-figure business. And I know from personal experience, I mean, right now, we're looking at scaling um, Dream HQ to eight figures. But I've spent all of this year stress testing, you know, getting advice, getting coaching, getting mentorship to make sure that the infrastructure is actually ready to support it, having the right sales team, building out the customer service, looking at the SOPs, getting everything ready, was a lot of people I've seen just jump straight to, okay, I'm gonna make some more money. Yeah, but are you gonna be able to deliver? <laughs> That's right. Are you gonna be able to deliver? Uh, I think it's wild how much we can get caught up in not understanding how these pieces are going to be essential in the journey to making something happen. Essential. Everybody's got to own, they got to understand if you have a clear picture, first of all, you have that commitment. Mm -hmm. If you have a full commitment from the top leadership, that commitment is going to roll down to the, you know, down throughout the organization. So Mm -hmm. that commitment is very, very important. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead of just, you know, you know, throwing, uh, uh, you know, verbal, this is what I want done. Here's what I want. Go get it done. Mm -hmm. 80% 80% if not 90% of the time when we go to work with a client, most of the times they have, especially the leadership team, they have all their ideas in their head mm. and they're expecting their team to read their mind. You mm. just can't do that. 
And then they're, they're giving it to them piece by piece instead of allowing them to understand that whole journey, what it takes, because they were part of creating that step. Mm. So now that individual that's working for you, or should I say with you, because, mm-hmm. you know, you work for your family. You don't work for, for your company. You work with your company so you can, you know, bring whatever it is for your family. Mm-hmm. That's just the way I look at it. So when you're working with someone, you want to make sure that they have a clear picture of what that journey looks like. So that way they're responsible for what their role is. Mm-hmm. But what is that role? And sometimes they're wearing so many different hats that they're confused and don't know what that role is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know. I'm waiting for that person to get back with me. Why is that person need to get back with you? I don't know, because I'm waiting for that answer. Well, why are you doing it that way? Because we've always done it that way. I've heard that so many times. Mm. If they just take the time to say, here's how it's going to work and here's what it's going to automate. See, everything in your company, if you really have a plan of action in place the right way, pretty much almost anything can run on autopilot. Mm -hmm. The only area that you need to worry about having people are the ones that are going to be answering your phone or Mm -hmm. people are going to be communicating with vendors or clients and having people interaction. Mm -hmm. These are the only areas that you should. Everything else other than making... um, approvals or or decisions that have to be done, everything else should completely be automated. And you have the tools today to completely have the ability to automate all of that. So you can grow tenfold with the same amount of people now or less, Mm -hmm. and you should have those people learn leadership areas so now you can allow them to grow and just, you know, flourish in your organization. And again, you know, I love what you were saying about family, because I think even the way that we look at our team and lose sight of the fact that it's our team coming together and being working together, that's what's going to actually allow us to actually get to an end goal, get to an end result, rather than, you know, this whole thing of fighting and arguing and all this other nonsense that we do sometimes. What are your thoughts for people that are listening to this, but they're still not buying into the idea that investing in your team, investing in your family is the way to go. You know, I, and I'm so guilty of any of all of this. I know at firsthand um, how many times it costed me 10, tenfold mm-hmm. of what I should have just by not investing what I said. First, I always usually tell people there are three areas in your organization, and, and you know, this is just my own opinion. Mm-hmm. Three areas you can't be cheap on. Number one is your IT. You got to really have a good infrastructure that's not going to shut down on you. And now there's so many options, especially online or whatever you're doing. Number two, you got to have a heck of an attorney to cover your butt because now you can't even breathe the wrong way without somebody coming at you <laughs> and number three you got to have a heck of an accountant because those three are going to be your your stool the solid stool that you're going to have to build a foundation on somehow for you to even have a, a confidence in okay i have something here now i need to start building from that foundation so really what it comes down to uh why aren't i buying things well you know what in the last two years i've invested literally tens of thousands of dollars in different um, and different uh, uh, programs mm-hmm. and different uh, learning experiences from people that are there. Uh, the best way to learn really is from you learning from someone that's already been there. They have a great track record and they're able to help you all the way and investigate it because there's really a lot of stuff out there. Um, so I had to be very, very careful with that. In the last two years, I, I'll tell you what, I was like sucking up information from a waterfall. But that means absolutely nothing if you're not putting it into action. 
Mm-hmm. And action is the one that's going to completely get you there. Mm-hmm. So you have to invest in yourself first in order for you to understand what that feels like in the growth journey. So you start learning what you need to do to invest into your people. Mm-hmm. You should always invest and train your people. That's number one. But if you're not investing into yourself, and I've seen that many times, especially uh, you know small businesses, they're so they're wearing so many hats. They're so uh, overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. They can't even take a minute to sit there and think about their business. To give you, just give you a, a perfect example. I have a, we're taking all these uh, ideas that we've done for bigger corporations and we said, okay, if we're going to scale them down to small and mid-sized companies, there's no way in the world we're going to give them that information because that will go right over their head. And that's very, very true. It went over my head every time my friend kept talking to me about it. We had to slow down, stop him and have him give me scenarios of what the heck does that mean? Mm-hmm. Because as an entrepreneur, your attention span is 30 seconds, if not eight. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're lucky, there's no way you're going to go through this. So if you put all this together, having the ability to understand what the concepts are going to be, it is so crucial for you to really identify what those steps are going to be. And then having, having knowing that there's a direction, a clear picture, clear steps of what you need to take to take you from point A to point B, and then to C and then to Z, because we all want to go from A to Z. Mm. right away we just want to jump in there it's not going to happen but once you start training your people and you start understanding this uh the example i want to tell you about is uh we took what we've learned and said okay i'm going to test it on every size company to see what will work usually we work you know with a minimum of about maybe 25 plus employee companies but i said i'm going to try it with you know smaller see what happens so i i called a friend of mine and i said listen i know you have a garage you and your wife and you have about nine people working for you and all that Talk to me about it. Would you be open if we do a case study? He said, sure. So we talked to him. It took him about two months to slow down to get him to do what I asked him to do because he's just all over the place. Within two months, we sat there. We showed him. Now, you got to understand, most companies think they have to change everything in their, in their organization. A small business, one to two processes enhanced will change your world. Mm. Notice, I didn't say every process. Mm-hmm. One to two major processes will literally change your world. A mid-sized company, two to four, maybe two to three, will take you to a whole different level. But you got to understand which ones. And that's really what you got to look at. So we only showed him one to prove a point. Mm-hmm. The smart, he was very smart. He took that one and he learned it and he started, him and his wife started doing another one themselves. Now, they were limited to a specific amount of money. And I can't, of course, talk yeah, a little bit more too much about what it is. But they were, they were so limited because they're at capacity. They couldn't do anything. They're fighting the city because they don't have enough space. And they just have not been able, for years, they haven't been able to do it. Well, within six months of them starting putting this, starting and learning and putting it together, four months later, he opened up a second location. He literally, within six months, doubled his income. About to get, uh, at the time when I spoke with him, it was about two, three months ago. So by the end of this year, he's going to get a car dealership license. So by the beginning of next year, he's taking these steps and he's really scaling his business to that point where he's going to open up a car dealership where now he's going to six times his income because now he's got sales, he's got um, finance, he's got a warranty. All of this could be streamlines of income. Where And the whole reason why he was able to do that because he gained back 30 percent of his time Mm. where he's able to sit still and think creatively of what he could do in his company and having the confidence of what he can do with 
it once he understands it because now he's got the steps. So you got to have a clear line of what you need to go. You have a clear picture of what does that look like and you've got to educate your people. And what's cool is he was able to bring his whole team together and told them what he was doing and they all jumped in and felt like they were part of it. And that's because what I was talking about when you have to do that. They were a part of it. <laughs> that's the exactly. crazy thing. They felt like a And they love it. Family. They love it. And, they're, and right now they're running literally 50% lean compared to what they were before. 50% leaner. That's huge. And now his time is even more. He's actually hiring people to take his position. So he's going to gain his time back to start working on his business instead of running around in it like crazy. Mm. But that's what happens when you start learning from certain people that have already done it and learn the systems that are in place because you don't know what you don't know unless you really put it to action and you, you learn it. Mm. And this is one of the things I think that um, people lose sight of as well. That very simple idea that you don't know what you don't know. It's very easy to get caught up in, I read this book, you know, I've, I mean, I see this in, in the game that I'm in, you know. Uh, do you know who I've read? Do you know who my teachers have been? Um, like, <sighs> okay, that's great. And this is a new day. This is a new opportunity to learn something, something that you maybe do don't know. But when we get so stuck in what we think we know, we don't have the availability to actually be present and to take on something new. Um, I think I think it was T. Harvecker that's one of the most dangerous things to to believe is I know that already. And I think openness yeah. to learning is a powerful, powerful tool for us actually to start doing some learning versus being stuck in this whole, you know, I know that already kind of dynamic. We are our worst bottleneck in our business. Mm -hmm. 90 plus, if not almost 100% of the time, we are our worst bottlenecks mm. because we don't, we are holding on to information. We're too scared to give it away. Um, and a lot of times we feel that we're training our competition and you know what, sometimes you do. Mm -hmm. Um, the question is that is your competition better than you? Um, and what you're learning, are they even, are they going to even compete? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I've heard something from John, from John Maxwell. Um, you know, he's an incredible, uh, leadership author and I, I really love his work. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I heard one of his audios one time, he was talking about the confidence cycle and I love taking that and just kind of put it into what I call the entrepreneur cycle, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know, an entrepreneur, you read a book or you see someone and, and you're like, oh, wow, you, you have this dream, you have this possibility. And all of a sudden, possibilities kick in your mind. And you just well, maybe I could do this. You know, wouldn't it be great if I was able to do that? And I think it's amazing. I think I, I've been there and I can see myself and I've done that so many times, you know, and that's why I, I think that, you know, I, I love his, one of his books is failing forward. You know, it's mm -hmm. like sometimes you win, sometimes you, and you know, he's got, instead of lose or fail, he scratched it off and says, you love learn, mm -hmm. which is pretty awesome. And then, you know, from the possibility, and then all of a sudden you get this passion that you want to jump in there says, I, I want to do this. Mm. But every time you say, okay, I want to do this and you jump in to do it, all of a sudden the problem cycle comes in the you know part of this the the, uh, the the problem kicks in and all of a sudden you're starting to think about well all these problems that are coming in mm -hmm. you know and then you maybe maybe you'll start talking to yourself well maybe i maybe i can do this or maybe i'm just not sure if i can do this and all of a sudden the problem you focus on start draining your energy and starts leaking away mm. and when we're confronted with a lot of these problems we're focusing on what we want where we may lose instead of what we can gain which is that as an entrepreneur, that's one of the worst thing that we do. We start 
playing the game, if you will, not to lose instead of winning. Mm. So we, we've, we've all been there. We focus on the wrong thing. So we do that. And then as an entrepreneur, you know, you're, in most cases, you're like, yeah, shoot, aim, and then get ready. Because you're just <laughs> Because that's how I've always done it, which was kind of a dumb move in a way, but that's, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But then you, he talked about having the planning stage, mm-hmm. going from these problems. And I think we all run into our businesses on uh, some, a certain time of our business, we go into so many problems that we know we're either overwhelmed or we're over our head. How in the heck do I get out of this? So you start seeking out help and you're seeking out help. You, there's people out there that can help you. That they've done that there. You take master classes or whatever it is that you need to learn about. And then you start planning. You start putting on paper. So the next step is planning. Okay, let's just take everything and put on paper. Where do I go? Where am I? And where do I need to go? And what goes in between here? What are the possibilities? What does that look like if I'm going to do this? And once you start laying it out, and most of the times people look at it and say, well, this is amazing. But if you get somebody that could go in there and help you, they can guide you of what you need to put down and what structure you need to have, how it needs to work and why it works that way. It's not necessarily of the how it should work, why it should work that way is the more important part. That's why I always ask why more than any other question. Mm -hmm. If something happens or I need to do it, somebody says, well, you need to do that, why? Mm -hmm. If you ask five whys to every question, you're gonna get much better answer every single time. That's just, it it, it works for me every time. But once you start gaining that, you start getting a little bit of a courage. You says, okay, you know what? I think I could do this. I'm going to do this. And all of a sudden you start realizing I'm going to do it no matter what. So you make that commitment. And then from doing that, you start gaining confidence. And then the confidence kicks in because you took courage and you started doing it. So out of action, you create that confidence. And when I heard that audio, how does that work to business? And it pretty much hand in hand. Think about it. And when you do it, the question is that what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to are you just going to celebrate that you did it or are you going to pay it forward? Mm-hmm. Are you going to scale your business and grow your team or are you going to maybe help somebody else, mm-hmm. train somebody else of what you did and what you've learned? And I think it's just pretty amazing how sometimes we, if we just get our eyes off ourselves, there's so much information we can gain from others and give away that is just going to keep coming back. You can never going to be able to give more than you receive mm. if you give. I love that. I love that. You're never going to be able to give more than you receive if you give. And I think that there's a, there's a, the, the, the gift there, again, it comes back down to abundance and approaching things abundantly. When you're approaching life abundantly, you cannot lose. But so often we get caught up in thinking that we are going to lose. And then, you know, it all goes a bit a bit, a bit bonkers. It all goes especially bonkers. Like, especially like you said, when you think you know it. Oh, no, I got it. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. You know, one of the biggest things in my journey that I've learned, and, and believe me, there are times when, and I don't know, every entrepreneur I think in their life have been on their knees crying one day, not knowing how they're going to make payroll. And if you've ever started at all from scratch, you've been there one way or another. And I tell you one area that I've, I've come to learn and that is my faith. And that has been the the strongest part of me. And and again, you can believe anything you want. Everybody is, you know, we're free to believe anything we want. Mm -hmm. But the only thing that's got me through any of this and got me to believe that, and you know, you you get into a slump for a long time sometimes if you allow yourself because you lose faith Mm -hmm. and you lose courage and you start focusing only on the problems. And especially if you're around a lot of people, that's all, you know, the negativity around you, you've got to really put yourself away. 
And my faith is the only thing that kept me through because you hear it all the time. Trust in the process. Mm -hmm. Trust in the process. If you create a process for your team and you know it's going to work because it's worked before, a new person coming into your organization, you're going to find yourself telling them, just trust in the process. I promise you it's going to work. Just follow through. Mm -hmm. That's all you got to do. What's amazing is that because we're not able to see it, sometimes we don't follow the process in our faith and what we need to do. So to me, I started realizing not only did I not know it all, I did not want to know it all. Mm. I just want to know enough to get the information and connect with the right individuals and the right spiritual to me, I've, I, lo I look at God as the most amazing thing in my life. And it's the number one in my life because that's what starts my day. That's what keeps me going. And that's what that's to me. It's like a river. That's what pours over to my family, to people around me. And that's really what I want, because at the at the end, it's not me. It's not about me whatsoever. Mm. And not only that, anytime I think with my own mindset, I'm limiting what my God could do in me. Mm -hmm. So I stopped it, even though sometimes I catch myself still doing it, it's bad <laughs> habit. But I still have to stop it. You'd be amazed if you just let go and start believing and start moving towards the process, saying, I'm gonna trust in the process and start doing good, start doing better. Cause we've all done dumb things. Mm -hmm. And even John Maxwell said it, you were all one stupid, one stupid decision away. And that is so true. We're all one stupid away. And that's so, so true. So I had to learn that. And I had to learn to just let go and understand that as long as I'm doing the right things, there's God's always going to put the right resources and people in front of me. I mean, you and I have never met. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, and it's amazing because I connected with Lance again years later, just because we were, we happened to be in the same masterclass. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? And he reached out like, I know you. I'm like, I didn't know who he was until he said who he was. Like, oh my gosh. So it's amazing how many people go through your life, you know, that you that have gone in and out of your life. And the question is that, did you leave good enough um, part in their journey? Were you a good part in their journey enough that even though you never see them again, that it's going to compound somewhere else? Mm -hmm. Like a, a rock, you know, the ripple effect in the water. Mm. And that's really what's gotten me big time. And that's what got me to feel, okay, I'm not in control of this. So I started saying, oh God, I can't wait to see how you're going to handle this. Because mm -hmm. I stopped worrying about trying to handle everything. And I think that's one of the biggest things that have allowed me to really stand back up and say, you know what? Um, I can do anything as long as I know that I'm not in control of everything. Mm, I can do everything as long as I know I'm not in I can do anything as long as I know I'm not in control of everything. Yep. And I learned being a connector is the most important thing to me instead of being the one that mm -hmm. everybody wants to connect to. Being the being the point of uh, the point of river flow, being the point of the river flowing. Bro, you have poured into us today. Really grateful for this conversation and for the amazing and powerful nuggets you've shared. Um, what's the best way for people to connect with you that want to continue to follow your journey, to be a part of what you're doing and maybe even to work with you in your consulting? You know, um, they can reach me at Charbel, C-H-A-R-B as in boy, E-L. Mm -hmm. Charbel at Align Business Strategies with an S dot com. Yeah. We'll make sure to pop that in the And um, I will have a package. If anybody is interested, I'd be more than happy to. There's a package I, I would definitely give away, which is 
the foolproof five you know steps to scaling a business. There's just a five pager, just the basic things, just to give them some ideas. A digital transformation journey checklist, and as well as the assessment that they can just you know read it, learn from themselves, and if that's what they want to do. Uh, we're going to be putting resources online here in the next couple of months. They're going to be uh, we're going to be doing. Uh, uh, workshops. Uh, our biggest goal right now is to educate small to mid-sized companies or, you know, uh, you know, growth-minded entrepreneurs uh, that just want to grow and really make a difference. So we're going to put all kinds of workshops, training uh, for them so we can just help them so they can become a connector and, and be able to connect, be a dot, right? Mm -hmm. So you're just going to connect to a dot. So you're going to be part of the dot so you connect somebody else. So our really our right now small business is getting beat up pretty bad small and mid-sized companies and our biggest mission right now is to really bring all these tools and information and help them understand that they're not alone there's tons of information tons of resources you just have to learn how to do it and you don't have to know everything you just have to know what it needs what you need for your journey and what's going to take you to the next step Awesome 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 uh, guys be sure to Tap in with my buddy Charbel. He's going to have some resources for us ongoing. He's definitely some that you want to be connected to. He is the plug for sure. Uh, until next time, keep dreaming with your eyes open. Remember, you can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. And bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Beyond Success Podcast. We hope that it has been of service to you. For more information and to stay up to date with the latest from Daniel Mangena, please head over to dreamwithdan.com. We'll see you for the next one.